Okay. And we're back. Yep. And it's been 14 days, exactly 14 days. Did yeah. this, uh... I mean, little did we know this whole thing would make us more diligent and like regimented and scheduled. But we're still cheap as fuck because we're like opening all these new accounts with this uh, squat cast. I am wondering whether this guy actually listens to the recordings and now he's going to like ban us, completely yeah. ban our IP addresses or something. I'm surprised that he, he, the system doesn't use like um, credit card checks. Like, oh, we have this credit card on our database. It's already signed up one time. Because uh, people use what they use uh, email all the time, right? But if they're forcing the credit card information to be inputted, then in case after seven days they can charge us like ten dollars for two hours of recording. Um, I don't know, but the thing is, is a ten dollars for two hours is like fucking pretty expensive, pretty pricey. Yeah, that's um, pricey. But they're probably making their their like weight in gold right now with all the people that can't meet to record. I'm sure there's other apps and other ways out there though. Yeah, most likely. I think I was looking into Zoom to see if it's uh, possible. Uh, they did mention that they do do it. And I think last night when we were watching that comment, uh, like comedian, the comedian aid or comedy laughing aid. Yeah. Fucking like, like that. that was Bobby Lee. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but, you'd, um, you'd have to watch out for Zoom. I've heard some rumors about it not being secure. See, that's a crazy thing. Like, everyone's very, um, yeah, that's why I heard from my mother-in-law, too, saying that Zoom is actually it's, it's owned by a Chinese company. So our information is probably being leaked. And then they're just watching some poor soul out in China. It's probably have to watch, like, all these group chats going down. Fuck, that's, I mean, they're creating a job for everything, but that's got to be one of the worst. Even worse than, like, the Tim Hortons coffee taster. <laughs> yeah. That poor guy sipping that Tim Hortons all day. <laughs> Doesn't he spit it out? I swear he see he spits it out on the commercial. Like there's no way he's swallowing <laughs> that dirty ass shit. You would have to at that point. I mean, that guy looked like he was tweaked out, but but still. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's one thing that I don't miss not having to go to work is uh, people asking if they want to go and grab a coffee. And it's typically working in finance, we're all priced. Kind of, kind of price sensitive, so we always end up going to Timmy's, and that coffee is garbs. You got to drink that swamp water with them. Yeah, I was never a coffee snob, but the fact is, like, you can tell how, you know, not not that Starbucks coffee is that much better too. It's pretty watered down. Um, so yeah, Nordstrom's coffee—that's the only one that I've ever found to be fairly decent. Well, I guess that makes you a coffee snob, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't know where where coffee beans are sourced. I don't care if it's like organic, if it's like uh, fair trade, um, all that shit. As long as it tastes good, right? Yeah, I don't drink it enough. That's what they Dude, were saying in China. As long as it tastes good. Oh, well, look what we have now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, be remiss if we don't just do a quick quick follow-up pretending this COVID thing isn't happening. I mean, we don't want to go in, go into it too long because it's fucking beaten down. Dude, I, I didn't, I wanted to go a whole episode without saying the C word. Oh, like, fuck. Not, no. not that C word, like <laughs> the C word that I'm thinking of that I love to say, not that one. Just replace it. Just start using the one that you prefer using. Well, I don't know if we would last very long. <laughs> we'll laugh, but like, well, well, I think half of our uh, listeners are, would enjoy us saying it, but we, we won't drop it. It's not. It's not in our nature. It feels kind of forced. 
Yeah, we would probably lose the uh, the female audience uh, if we even had one to begin with. Yeah, um, same shit. Nothing's happening. We're out of mask. All these, all these like uh, we're not out of mask, but healthcare workers are out of mask. That's yeah, and you got Trump trying to s- steal our flow of masks. Um, you got you know twin brother Ford creating an N96 mask. I don't, <laughs> didn't even know it existed. Apparently, it exists. N95 has been in around forever since I can remember wearing a mask. Um, I have an N95s. So I, I shouldn't even mention this. People are gonna try to come kick down my door, feeling like my four, four N95. That's probably like eight years old anyway, so it's probably you know not that good. Trapped with all these dust particles. Yeah, better than breathing any coronavirus in. Yeah, yeah. There was like the espionage going on. Jacking mask from Canada, Singapore, all these places. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, but the pulp factory that supplies the math, uh, 3M with the, the materials is in Canada. So, like, we could probably divert that raw materials into our own factories. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to get into a trade war over this. I think they already have internal trade wars in the States, like yeah. over <laughs> masks, right? Over masks and ventilators. Yeah, that's true. Like, states are, like, keeping it. What were you saying? Like, you uh, Trump's not not working with certain states because they they refuse to talk to him or you know play nice. Yeah, uh, basically they refuse to kiss his ass, and he's like he's the kind of petty person that would like divert the flow. But yeah. even even without that, you got manufacturers still still working in like a free capitalist market. If like New York says they want to pay like five dollars each mask. And then California's like, no, we'll pay six dollars. Then yeah. <laughs> I guess California's getting more masks. Yeah, <laughs> it is fucking crazy, man. Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's what the whole. Well, that's what that's what you want, right? Like everyone says, hey, we want the Western freedom, the free shit. This is uh the capitalistic market that we live in. That's the backside or the the dark side of it. But Wait. fuck it. But dude, there's a little bit too much freedom going on, and that's that's why we're still all stuck inside. People can't people can't stay out of the parks for some reason. People won't keep their distance. Like, I find the companies are doing a good job. Like when I line up for groceries, you had to line up outside and stay like six feet apart from everyone. Um, apparently, you can't bring your own bags in the store anymore, even if you're using like self checkout. Oh, for Security real? Security guard like came up to me. And like started to talk, I'm like, first of all, take three steps back from me. All right. First thing, <laughs> take three steps back from me, then tell me what you gotta tell me. All right. Yeah. Like we're we're in the line taking these precautions and here you are fucking violating everything. So yeah. take three steps back. So basically we can't we can't take our bags into the store. So I had to go oh, shit, bag okay. in, my, in my car, but not before I tore a strip off this guy first. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. Like to solve this issue is to, to, we would go into this mass. Uh, uh, I don't want to say waste, but now everything's like, oh, you can't. You gotta have styrofoam containers, plastic bags, these masks just floating around. So after when we're done with this friggin' c-word virus, uh, <laughs> I yeah. like this. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> we're. We're going to be living in our own trash or a bigger mountain of it. 
Yeah, man. Like, they already see, uh, outside of, like, Walmart and grocery stores, a bunch of discarded masks and gloves everywhere. Like, I yeah. hate having to use re- um, uh, plastic shopping bags, but I guess if I want to get in the store, I have no choice. Yeah, that's strange, because last week when I went, when my uh, travel isolation ones final, was finally lifted, where I was allowed to go into a grocery store and buy buy some supplies, um, Whole Foods was fine with me bringing my own bag. But. Yeah, I guess it just depends on, on a store policy, but as well, I think that security guard was being a dick. I let him know, yeah. too. You're you should just take you, three steps back. Yeah, you should just fucking t- took off your pants and just walk in, man, dude. The, yeah. These bags were on my lap, like it's the same shit, same idea. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm not sure if I want that kind of heat, but you know, <laughs> like our clothes could have it on it too. So, like, why don't we all have to wear like a space outfit to go inside, for example? Yeah, it's fucking irrational at, to to a certain point, right? I don't know. This it's, it's fun and shit, but yeah, like. Like we said five minutes ago, we didn't want to dive too deep into this part. We want to talk about another topic, which I yeah. think we've been dragging our feet on, which is like our work slash office life. Dude, we've been talking about this for half a year already, trying to do this. I think ever since, even before Mike Babcock got fired by the Leafs, or maybe it was dur- during the same time, we're like, hey, Mike Babcock was a horrible boss. He, like, you know, abused employees and nine employees, his team or whatever. And like you know, a bunch of other coaches got fired for like their, um, improprieties, but yeah, we just drag our feet on it. We got other stuff to talk about. And all of a sudden now there's no news in the world. Mm-hmm. I guess now it's time to talk about it. Yeah. Well, to, to stick with this whole, the hockey side of things, what, what's your take on, you know, team owners that, own these that are multi, most of them probably billionaires, if not like close to being a billionaire. Um, you know, some of them were kind of dragging their feet and, and paying their part-time staff. Yeah. I think obviously it's an issue. These, these, these guys have money and they have billions of dollars. So I, I don't see the problem with even on a month by month basis being able to say, okay, well, you know, we're going to keep paying until March 31st, and then we're going to assess. I know they probably take some heat for that, but on a month-by-month basis, take stock of it. I mean, I'm no I'm no accountant, right? I don't know how many employees they have to pay and how much they have to pay out, but it couldn't really be that astronomical of an amount for a billionaire um, if you extend it month-by-month. Month. We don't know how long this is going to go, but, I mean, you could probably pay your employees up until the end of when the playoffs would have been like June. I think end of June is when the playoffs end. Like yeah. I don't see that breaking the back of any of the team's owners. Yeah. Cause you're looking at like likely what an event, well, it depends like MLSE having a, the Raptors, TFC, the Leafs, uh, Argos. Yeah. They're, they're already losing money on Argos anyways, but the fact that they have to pay these. So essentially they're, they're paying their staff like almost seven days a week. It's not like a lot of like say Buffalo where they only have one professional team and given each week, probably max out like three, three home games on any given, given week. It's not the payrolls probably not as like um, painful, but then again, we're comparing like Toronto versus Buffalo and MLSC versus uh, whoever that owner is there. I can't recall his name at the moment. 
I mean, the people of Buffalo have it hard enough as it is living in Buffalo. So, I mean, you got to pay those guys for their, their existence, for their life, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, an organization like MLSE, um, yeah, you're probably biting a bit more off because there's so many teams that are involved. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, the Leafs are owned by Rogers and Bell? Yep. So, no, Rogers and Bell owns MLSE. Oh, okay, they own MLSE, so they own the whole shebang. Yeah. So, yeah, those those companies are raking in, like, dollars, especially, like, right now, I guess. Well, at um, the end of the day, it's just going to be passed along to you and I if we ever make it out of this house and into Scotia Bank Arena to watch another damn game. Yeah, I think I think it actually would, uh, and they're gonna, they're gonna have to like probably double the ticket prices because we're gonna have to have social distancing at the games as well. Oh shit! Yeah, but, they're gonna have to space out all the seating, so <laughs> so the nosebleed's gonna cost like a hundred and ninety dollars per seat. Dude, there's gonna be no more like like the world is gonna change for sure, and the, I think these owners know it. They know that they know as much as they're taking the current hit that there's going to be a future hit as well. Like, people are going to be scared. They're not even going to want to come out to sports. I want to know, will this be the event that actually keeps people away from these games? No matter how shitty the team has been in my lifetime, people always sell at that arena. Now what's going to happen? That's true. But, well, the same people that can afford to go into that arena are the same people chilling out in Mount Pleasant Cemetery. Uh, last week, <laughs> congregated and having picnics on other people's grave. Uh, uh, maybe they're just scouting out their future, right? You know, yeah. they're not too distant future. Being in, yeah. you know, being above ground, being six feet below ground is the next step, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what What do you think? Like, what do you mean by change? Like, people are going to be a little bit more uh, wary in terms of how they spend their money, their disposable income, because right now. Just a lot of people going through hard times like me and you were fairly lucky. Our jobs are fairly secure at this moment anyways, but who knows if it, this drags out until June, July, if this is going to work. Because even in my current workplace, we're, you know, we manufacture our own products in Canada or in Toronto. At this point, we're kind of offering last week, we saw our CEO sent out a memo or videos explaining the next policy because we have manufacturer and side and we also have retail stores uh, with with the whole retail store staff we, we don't want to lay off anyone so we're offering them um, um, you know like 80 percent of their of their pay um, I guess it's probably top up I'm not too sure but I imagine it's probably top up so whatever the Canadian government might pay you the difference we're gonna make up to, to get you up to 80 percent um, yeah I mean for me and you we're we're sitting kind of pretty at this moment. But yeah. what do you think you're going to spend your money on after this? Honestly, I'm just thinking in the short term. I'm not buying anything right now. Like the only thing I'm thinking of for since I'm spending so much time in this place is maybe do some art upgrades or something like that. Um, but other than that, I have nothing to do. Um, after this is done, I'm going to be all like sports crazy, all like ready to like go out and see stuff. But I know it's not the smart thing to do. Like, I, I got, it's like to quote 50 cent in um, places to go. I got places to go. I got people to see the penitent penitentiary ain't the place for me. The penitentiary <laughs> is this, is this house. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't know, but 
I'm, I know I'm going to be wanting to go all buck wild when I get out of here, but I know it's not the smart thing to do. Yeah. There's probably going to be a, a slow build. Cause back in the day with the stars, we had to have a whole fucking, uh, was a music concert to kind of jack, you know, boost up our economy. There's the Rolling Stones can only do so much touring. They're not going to be able to go across <laughs> like Europe, North America. The Rolling Stones cannot appear in front of a crowd. And they're probably the target group for the C word virus to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like every, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go, go. No, 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 no. You go ahead. I was going to say back on the topic of these, um, these NHL owners, these teams, like I find the shadiest shit is the fact that the Calgary owner, for example, like he took so long to agree to pay like their part-time staff. And then I'm not sure what they're doing now. So don't quote me on anything, but the fact that these days in sports, all of these team owners are getting public funds to build their arena and they're holding out. Like, remember he threatened to not have the team in Calgary anymore because he wasn't getting tax money to build the new arena to think they're getting all this public money pumped into their franchise to make private money off of, and then won't pay the part-time staff, the citizens of the city, their money that they should have gotten. That's to me, that's the most sick and rotten part of it. Yeah. Agreed. Like the whole idea is like, Oh yeah, we're going to create all these jobs. But then when the hard time hits, you know, they can't do anything about it or they're, they're not, not that they can't do anything about it. They just don't, not a lot of owners are like stepping up right away to do it. And, and that's not like uh, some owners, like the Boston owner, Jacobs, uh, Jacobs family, apparently they're like notorious to being very cheap. Uh, so a lot of like, they kind of detract a lot of their fan base where they refuse to go into the TD garden to spend a single dime and give that money to them, even though they love the team. Uh, same, same idea. Like he came out, I think he was the last team to say, yeah, we'll pay our part-time staff, uh, the money, but there was a fine print on it where it has to be like, if they play, if there is still 10 more games within the season, then they won't get paid. There's like some clause to it where, you know, like, come on, man, like everything's shut down at this point. Like you, you still have to throw in this fine print. And then you're going to make all these like staff wait until June or whatever your fine print deadline is before you actually give them a, a paycheck. How is that going to work? It doesn't work. I mean, that's the craziest shit uh, to think of. It's really, you know, these rich owners and like the lawyers that are really making their, their mark on this whole situation. It, it's not good. Right. And, that that organization has an embarrassment of riches, like annual playoff appearances for like the last what ten years, ten plus years. Like, just pay your people. I can understand yeah. like Florida or like Carolina. I mean, even the owners are rich, but you know they've never had that playoff revenue in the last little while. You know, some of those teams were not going to make the playoffs, so you could see the situation that they're kind of in. Like, oh shit, we weren't going to make the playoffs anyways. But yeah. Just but you, pay them. You see a lot of these like athletes are taking a pay cut too because they recognize like what's up. But granted, a lot of these uh, like superstars, they they have this fucking sign-in bonus where a good chunk of their money is made right away. So their paycheck is probably like only you know 10% of whatever the contract's worth. So they're not really make, making that much. You know, they don't really care too much, right? 
But yeah, and, and I'm sure the Carolina owner has to pay Sebastian Ajo at some point. I think he, the signing bonus might be due at some point. Yeah, he's going to love paying that. Pay your employees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. I don't know. Like, getting, if if my employer was like that, I I don't know. Even afterwards, when I go back, if I have, if I would be in the right mindset to even want to work for this asshole or the assholes. Yeah, like I don't know what kind of quality work you're gonna get after the fact. Um, some of these guys are gonna be really grateful to have their job. They're not gonna want to screw it up though. That's true. Like it'll, at the end of the day, like it's not gonna be. I don't know how people are looking for jobs at this moment. There's interviews still happening. I'm still getting recruit like recruiters are still messaging me, telling me that there's like a you know great opportunity. Do you want to go and set up a meeting and go out there and meet? I'm like, hold on, what are we gonna do? Like we're gonna go through four rounds of just webcam interviews. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how th- this thing is still churning, but uh, I think it's just recruiters trying to make some dollars and cents right now. But oh, yeah, I've, I've, true, yeah. I've never trusted a recruiter. I've never met a recruiter that I trust. And yeah. even more so now, I got one one email on my LinkedIn telling me about an opportunity in like analytics for a leading uh, quick service restaurant chain. I don't know which chain that would be. I have my yeah. guesses. But then, you know, she opens opens the message being like, you know, I'll probably get you the exact text, but she's like, oh, hello. And then she, she says, um, I hope you're doing okay in like this chaotic time. I hope you're well. I hope you're, I hope you're, yeah, I hope you're doing okay with all the chaos going on right now. And lo and behold, like a day later, I get another message from another recruiter and it's the exact same fucking message the exact same message word for word eh? word for word and i'm like i'm how insincere is that i've never trusted a recruiter and this one just makes me convinced never to trust a recruiter yeah like it's no it's no miss like secret that i myself have moved around multiple times and you know i haven't since i left no frills held down the same job for more than two years. Actually, no, I can't even touch two years. <laughs> I'm close, yeah. close a couple of times, but yeah, I, I've worked with recruiters before. There's some that are good. I've worked with one crazy. Actually, this is a good one. Um, this recruiter that I met probably about seven, eight years ago, a Korean guy, uh, set me up with everything. And, you know, it was good. He got me, you know, one one job that I took an offer of, and it was with like Philip Morris and I walked out of that job in half a day because that place was so fucking depressing. But that's, that's a sidetrack. The main story is this one guy, this recruiter, he was on a hustle, man. Uh, I was very impressed with everything, like how he followed up and how he kind of gave me advice and all that. And then two years later, I find out that he, he's going to jail because he was uh, a drug dealer. It was like a crazy, like a heavy, heavy duty pushing, like crazy amount of marijuana back in the day. And I was like, holy crap. It was like a huge thing where he was like doing the drugs, you know, creating fashion lines and all that shit. And then he finally like got busted. And this was all like, he, he's Korean, right? So Korean and their churches. So this whole freaking drug dealing went deep. It went deep into like, I think someone part of the church was involved and kind of brought him in when he was young and in his high school days. And he was like, 
you know, gets you tempted because all you have to do is throw weed in a hockey bag because, like, hockey bag stinks, right? So, like, no one ever questioned that shit. And I've actually moved stuff over the border. Like, I buy a new pair of skates. I will always bring my hockey bag and I throw the skates in there because no, no one at, like, the border service is going to go through my hockey bag. Um, and, yeah, so he was carrying, like, shitload of weed in, in the hockey bag through down to the core of downtown. Um, and then he ended up getting busted. And then he had, like, two years before he was going to trial. Uh, so during those two years, I actually met him and uh, did, did not know a single thing about his past. And he was hustling hard. I thought, like, this guy's a smart dude. Like, he's, you know, there's, like, an article. I'll send it to you so you can post it on Twitter so people can kind of follow up on it. Um, but it was, it was crazy. The craziest thing I ever heard, he... He was like, you know, creating all these fashion shows or fashion lines, living the big dream. His ex-girlfriend got knocked up by some rapper, some American rapper. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And this guy put me in tax rolls. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's living a double, triple life right there. Um, yeah, that's, that's some story. You talk about the fact that he got busted carrying that hockey bag. Oh no, his bus was like some, some, his hideaway. Um, I think. Oh, you got a hideout. Yeah, he got a hideout where all his shit was. And then, uh, the article mentioned, like, I haven't spoken to him since, right? And I, I actually didn't know what the hell happened to him. I was emailing him when I was looking for another job. And I was just like, hey, emailing. And his email kept on bouncing. So I reached his other colleague. And they were very, like, you know, they didn't mention anything, even though I kind of brought it up, like, hey, where's this dude or where's this guy? And then they would just like completely ignore that whole, whole question just go and goes into other stuff. Like, Oh yeah, we have all these other opportunities here. Does anything interest you? I was just like, what the fuck's going on? And then it, it wasn't until like a couple months later <laughs> where the article dropped. And then like, cause he was a hustler out in the recruiting world. So a lot of people in finance knew about him. So they were just like, people were just like, Hey, did you work with this guy before? You know, he's getting locked up in, he's going to prison cause he's a drug dealer. <laughs> But yeah, he got caught because like uh, one of his partners or something like that got tailed. And then, but he's the one that opened the door into the safe house. And then he got like rushed by all these policemen. And that was, that was how it all went down, man. Dude, talk about Kim's convenience. Like, <laughs> probably had a front business and everything. Got to watch out for like Uma and Appa and all those. That's what Kim's convenience should have done. They should have <laughs> fucking wrote that part into the script. They could have. That's a good side story for uh, Chung or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's like a story out of like Narcos Mexico. Yeah, the Canadian version. I wonder if he's out though, because now that like weed is legal, so I wonder if like his charges would get dropped down. Oh, well, it's a good thing a you're not bit. dropping his name out here and everything. Like, I mean, I still want to live. All right, even <laughs> getting past the C word virus, I don't want to be associated with no gangbangers. Yeah, you might want to edit this part out. This whole nah, like five minute sequence. No, nah, fuck that. Who cares, man? It's it's on it's on like Toronto Life article. One of those Toronto uh, uh, websites. Block but, uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, block Taylor. <laughs> fake oh, news. It's probably fake. Um, the Justin news. Yeah. So, but the other one is just like yeah, like you said, like these recruiters are so fucking insincere. Uh, they do anything for their commission, right? Like I've I've been burned before with my you know working at Canadian Tire getting an offer in the past either Canadian Tire or the Labatt same pay same everything and then you know the recruiter just pushed me and told me hey Labatt's work environments it's tough I'm like hey you know what like Labatt was honest with me 
told me straight up, hey, it, it's going to be it's it's a fast paced environment. This is everyone's a go getter versus Canadian tires like you've worked in can tire before. It's it's supposed to be more relaxed, more family oriented, more life balanced. That's what I chose. But the recruiter just fucking oversold that shit to me. But granted, maybe she didn't know shit because the director is the one that's kind of feeding her all these information anyways. But yeah, that's like when one story where I got burned by by a recruiter. Yeah, I didn't know we were dropping the names of companies, so I guess this is oh, a free fuck. This, you know what? I guess, this is a, I guess this is I guess this is a free for all. So we may as well lean all the way in. We're supposed to be unfiltered, <laughs> right? So we know you had a bad experience at that C word company, that C T. Yeah. It has two of the letters that are requisite. It's got the C and the T in it. Yeah. Um I work for another C too. <laughs> yeah, like my experience there, I had I had some good times there. Like I met a lot of folks there that ended up as like kind of like family. There's people that I ended up like riding, uh, road biking with, uh, yeah. once for like the ride for heart. And then there's one guy who I ended up riding with, um, you know, for a few years after I left, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, but in my experience there, I've had some like bomb ass man. Have a, you even had a ride or die, man. You, you were like part of a wedding party for one of your, you know, close friends that you met through working from Canadian Tire too. Yeah, we spent four months working together. We've been friends ever since, which is like a really good story. Yeah. Um, and and actually, the thing is, you know, the manager that I had from 2012 until um, I don't know when. When did Derek get married? What year? Fuck, I feel like it's been at least like five, six years. Yeah. So, like up until that point. Uh, the point that where we went for his bachelor party um, was like when I had this manager. This is my first manager as a business analyst. Um, someone else hired me, and then this lady came in to uh, be my manager. And everyone's like, "Oh, she's like this sweet old lady. She's like all short." And like me and her never got along ever. Like, like I don't know what it was, but we just never clicked. And. I, I'm not sure she knew how to do her job. So, like, the whole backstory is the Loblaws IT department just got leveled. I think they had a lot of incompetence there. They did a lot of off, offshoring of resources, and they ended up leveling, like, the entire department. So we ended up getting their uh, AVP or director to come in to be our um, information management director. And I remember our CTO... In a, in a in a address to the entire technology organization says I'm going to find the best person in like North America to be like the leader of this group and I'm like yeah. this is the person that you got really this is the best <laughs> we've got um, so he ended up bringing a bunch of his cronies in so we got this lady and she, me and her don't get along you know she she doesn't know anything about business analysis the function the very function that she was brought on to manage. She also manages the PMs. And, like, we used to fight all the time. Like, we used to fight about, ironically, working from home. I would work from home sometimes, and she wanted me to, uh, me to be in the office for whatever reason, just so she you could die. control. Yeah, you'd right. die to go in an office now. Um, I don't, I wouldn't go that far uh, at this <laughs> point. But, you, you know, I've been doing this for two years, and I guess I could keep doing it. But, you know, she would summon me to the office. She would say, okay, well, you know, come see me in the office. Um, but then like, I'm not going to go to your office. Come talk, come to my desk and talk to me. The thing is she never made an effort to come to my desk and have a conversation. It was always like, I summon you, 
to come to me. So I ended up like creating another path in the office to like avoid walking past her office like every single time. <laughs> just yeah. I, I didn't want to deal with it. And she would pick on like the most random shit and it was clear that we weren't getting along, so I had nothing to say to her. So we, I never talked to her at that yeah. point. And even for like the charity, I think a lot of people kissed her ass and tried getting her good books. I remember they were doing a Jumpstart charity, which is the kids' charity to play sports. And they were like, oh, you know, we're all going over to uh, this lady's house to like bake cookies. You want to come? And like right in front of her, I'm like, nah, I got better things to do. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it sounds like we're working for the same bitch. Dude, uh, like, uh, it, it's crazy. At one point, they hired um, two delivery managers, and one guy was like a complete ass. Uh, he ended up like in like just taking me aside. He took me ironically to like a Tim Hortons to get a coffee, and yeah. he's like, you know, I want to know why you, you why you and so and so don't get along. And she's like, he's like, oh, is it because is it because she's a woman? And I'm like, no, it's because she's a c word. No, I, I never said that, but. Um, I said, go ask anybody because no one gets along with her. Like, yeah. it's not just me. It's like the people who are sucking up to her are clearly sucking up to her. And the people who um, don't like her or people that she doesn't like are the nicest people. Like, you've seen me around other people, I told him. Like, I'm not like that around other people. With her, I get my frigging guard up because I don't trust a damn thing that she does or says. And she ended up getting her whole team taken away from her. At one point, yeah. she fucking cried. Like, I heard she oh, cried in the office. I'm like, damn, yeah. you leathery. Like, she's all leathery, too. Yeah. And now I'm getting into personal insults. She got that like, a fake fake tan going on, like that bleach blonde hair. We knew she was going gray. Um, yeah. But it was just weird. And I actually, at one point, she got pushed out. And I remember I was on that flight to Las Vegas for Derek's bachelor party when I got a text from my teammate telling yeah. me that, like, she had been like let go or she left yeah. she left like yeah. she got walked out and that kicked off one of the happiest trips of my life <laughs> i didn't know i didn't realize that was the case you never mentioned it actually i don't think you mentioned it when we were we were there in vegas yeah you don't mention the name you know you don't want to bring it up it's like he who shall not be mentioned after yeah, that yeah. you just don't bring it up no more and to bring the story to com- to completion that same lady Actually, um, she was at RBC with that same friend that I'm still friends with from Canadian Tire. Yeah. They, when, I, when I name-dropped her to him, he remembered yeah. her from RBC. And he's like, yeah, she was a total bitch there. Yeah. Like, total bitch. If I ever saw her in the desert crawling, needing a drop of water, and I had a canteen, I would not give her water. That is how much I hate her. Yeah, I, I've worked with bitches like that. And surprisingly, like, not surprisingly, they're all from fucking a Canadian Tire. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the reasons why I even took the job, because you had, like, such a great experience there. Minus this uh, this uh, manager. Do you wish you I to told you? <laughs> it was just In one, a way, like... It was just yeah. one lady. I mean, I, I was there for seven years. Yeah, you were there for a long time, so I figured this is, like, a place that I can, you know hang out in at least like five seven years kind of this right but yeah like you're describing the same kind of shit like this woman was fucking insane man i've never seen anyone like micromanage like that before like the entire has like a cafeteria on the first floor right so people go there to get their breakfast or whatever you know sometimes it gets a little bit long 
this bitch went and said, where were you? I'm like, I went downstairs to get breakfast. Like, fuck. I had to sit down her, sit down with her one time and like explain to her because she's just like, like I don't get why you get well, how you can disappear for 15 minutes. I'm like, fuck, do you not get like a coffee every now and then for a break? I went downstairs to get it. I eat my lunch, like my one hour lunch. I divide it up into one half an hour lunch because I don't want to eat my lunch with you, you fucking bitch. So, you know, I just want my half an hour lunch, two 15 minutes breaks. Let me do my shit, okay? <laughs> but. Yeah, she was a fucking crazy ass micromanager, and just I feel like Canadian Tire probably just doesn't know how to hire good upper like management people. But granted, I also know like uh, other people that are still working at Canadian Tire. That's that's fairly well. That's started from the bottom, made it all the way up to a VP level. So it might just be, you know, she's just a bitch. Like in my industry, it's so, so small. People know each other that when you bring up the name or where you worked at, people know automatic like right away. Like oh. So you've worked with this bitch. <laughs> like my last my last director, when I told him I'm going there, I'm going to this company, uh, he's like, oh, you're going to work with her? Like everyone on the team is like, you're going to work with her? I'm like, well, what, why? Like she seemed nice enough. Fuck, what a front, man. Like I hate people that are fake. That's the only thing. Like sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine you're pretty choked up getting all those warning signs and then walking into like the belly of the beast and actually yeah. experiencing it for yourself and you end up wasting your time working there because this person is insane. Yeah, no, I had a friggin' in terms of like jobs wise, it was pretty rough for, for maybe four years stretch there. It was just a bad combo. You know, when you're starting off, like when we were in our, you know, twenties, we're all freaking Gavin, getting Avion, you know, you know, always toasting whenever we got yeah. new jobs and you know promos and stuff. So I got into that whole hype of like, you know, I had a good thing going on at this real estate company, and then everyone around me in there, like my group of friends with that company, started moving on. I'm like, fuck, okay, maybe I need to move on too. It's not going to be the same because my group of uh, friends are gone now. You know, I'll be working with all these uh, stranger, like older people. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be a fun environment. And I got tempted by by a title and I end up going there again, same thing should have went with my gut. When I realized this person's kind of a little fake kind of, you know, did my research, um, you know, asked around people within the company that I know of, like, how's this guy? And clearly he knows how to play the political game and then kind of faked everyone out. So I went from going from a really good gig to a place with a good title, but the, you know, the, the job itself is kind of bullshit but the director is kind of like a pompous asshole. <laughs> so the same pompous asshole that told me, you're going to go and work for this little bitch over there. I'm like, oh, you know what? Better than working with you. But I guess it was a combo. <laughs> yeah, I guess the grass isn't always greener, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know your your friends group at that real estate company. Like I've, I've met a few of the guys. Like yeah. It seems like a really good group of people. Um, obviously, you're a social guy. You're a social animal, right? So you make friends probably pretty easily. But I imagine that experience with the uh, you know Canadian Tire and that boss. I, I well, the way I look at it is that kind of stuff makes you stronger. Like oh, yeah. I already knew once I was battling with this goddamn woman that I would defeat her, <laughs> one way or another. Like who's gonna last here? And she could have fired me. I could have been yeah. gone. Like when I think about how my life would have been so much more different if I had lost that job. Like yeah. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be in the position I am today. Yeah. No, uh, shit worked out for you. It's worked out for for me. 
um, yeah, like like sometimes dealing with the working in a workplace, the hardest thing is dealing with like whoever you're reporting to, right? Um, it's been probably like 50-50 in terms of like all these jobs I've had uh, with having a good boss and a bad boss. And what I learned is like, it's hard. What's what's that fucking uh, saying? Like hard for a cat to change its stripes or whatever. So essentially what I'm saying is assholes and bitches always going to be assholes and bitches. Yeah, for real. Like I, I knew as, as a, as a younger employee, I didn't always have the temperament to deal with these situations too. I mean, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. I've said some things that I'm not proud of. I mean, even as a co-op, I remember working for a bank, Let's call it the the red logo bank. There's a, there's a couple of them. I'm going to leave. Oh, I thought we we're going to go with a theme where it's all C's. <laughs> um, there's a C in there somewhere um, yeah. for sure. Um, but I, I was a co-op there, and the boss there just had such a, a arrogance about them. It's like, did did you even know who you were hiring? Because they asked me, can you can you program? Like, and she wants that yes or no answer. Like, yeah. I'm in, like, what, second year or whatever? Like, we didn't study no programming. I was in an IT management, which is, like, a IT slash business management program. So we don't necessarily learn programming. What kind of programming are you asking about? Like, yeah. she just asked, black or white, can you program? And, and no is not an answer. Like, yeah. it's yes. So basically, I had to program some database for them. That, th- that shit did not work, like, at all. Um, that shit was so janky. But... It was basically busy work for like the whole uh, work term. Yeah. And basically this boss is like, I don't interview co-ops. Like, yeah. like what? You're so important that you don't interview co-ops. So you never would have known what you're getting if you don't interview them in the first place. And now you're, you're putting in this bullying atmos- atmosphere. You know, you walk by my desk every morning, you don't say good morning, you don't say hello, you say nothing, and then you go and take the two other employees out for lunch, and you don't invite, like, the co-op student for lunch. Like, it's just some shitty, like, interactions from bosses. That set the groundwork for me. I knew the kind of company, the kind of boss that I wanted to work for after that moment. When I told her, like, after one week or after two weeks, like, I had the option of extending the work term. I'm like, I'm not staying here for longer than four months. So yeah. probably start your co-op search in a little while for the next term. Cause I'm not going to stay here. And like, yeah, I, I ended up like handing them a database or an application at the end. That shit didn't work. I knew it didn't work. That shit crashed all the time. So, you know, I didn't give them anything of value, but I knew right away remembering that person and the way that they treated me, like they needed my help. There was one point where, sh- where, that boss went to uh, Mexico on an investigation. There was like a lot of fraud going on there. It was a security investigations department. And like, she needed my help to figure out like how the ATM operating system work and what the vulnerabilities were. So I had to like research that shit for her and relay that information to her. Like fuck bitch. I bailed you out of so many situations. Like you still got to treat me like shit. Like that's a place where, you know, I would never, Again, another desert scenario. Like, she's not getting no water either. In fact, she's yeah. getting sand, she getting sand kicked in her face as well. <laughs> even think, worse than I think she was even worse because I was a co-op student. The job of a manager and the thing that I'm learning now and the thing that I'm trying to get good at and get better at is a manager's job to 
make your employees feel welcome or make your direct reports feel welcome and to, um, you know, defend them and to help them grow. And the, those managers that I've talked about and probably your manager as well, Canadian Tire, they didn't do that shit. They don't belong in that position at all. And for me, I, I don't, I'm in a managerial position right now. I don't, I don't even know if manage, managing is my strong suit, but while I'm in this position, I'm going to do it right. Well, it's all about like being self-aware, right? Being cognizant that, yeah, knowing that managing isn't isn't something that you're used to, or you've got experience in, and you know, it's stuff that you can actually do and learn. It's versus people that think that they know what they're doing, they expect it to be done this way, where the training's not there, um, just a lack of communication, uh, and jump into, you know to conclusions and stuff like that. That's, that's what I experienced the most when with this friggin' the Canadian tire bitch, um, where, you know, she liked someone that essentially what she thought she was getting is probably a, like an immigrant worker. Who's ha- more than happy. I should be counting my fucking blessings because I'm working for such a, um, you know, big, like a big Canadian company where there should be, a pride there. I should be honored to work for Canadian Tire. And I think that's how she operated where she just wanted me to be a yes person and just tell her what needs to be said. You know what? You know, my so, so-and-so, the tax act's not my greatest. I'm going to stick it behind and then read it and then learn about it. So I shouldn't go home or, you know, go home on time or whatever. And I would just straight up tell her like, hey, you know what? Like, don't jump to conclusion when I give you the work here. Like you don't even know what it's done. You never, you guys never taught me. You guys gave me the shit and I figured it out and I'm working on it and I worked on it and I did all the work. Like shut the fuck up. Get out of my face, man. I'm not like this other fucking senior manager over here. Who's going to take your shit because she's, you know, I feel like I can't use the word like immigrant a lot, but like you get what I'm saying. Like people that just came to country, they're just happy to get into a position like working for Canadian Tire and being a manager and such, because, you know, it's pretty hard because of like with the language barrier to get that chance. So they're more than happy to just keep, you know, taking that abuse. And that's the main thing. Like, like I spoke to her before. I'm like, hey, you know what you like? How can she talk to us this way? This is not right. Like someone's got to speak up. Like I'm going to fucking speak up. Like you can't pull me in here and make assumption. I'm not doing my work. I, I did all the work. Like you're just fucking looking at the shit. You never looked at it before because the last person that was here way before you did all the work and then she upped and left because she can't take your bullshit because <laughs> I fucking reach out to that person too again like my field's pretty small so I can reach out to people and they know each other and we'll just chat and be like hey like why did you leave like you you know Canadian Tire is such a good gig you know you've been here for like seven eight years like why all of a sudden you want to go pick up everything and go work for a public firm and then do timesheets and shit like that right so strange this is just like you know Nothing needed to be said because she's just a crazy bitch. And I stood up to her. <laughs> and yeah. it's probably the only time that I've ever stood up to to my, you know, like the person I reported to. And fuck, I'm so happy I did it because uh, nothing's worse than sucking dick and then still get like, you know, shitted on. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I mean, I love, love the way you ended that right there. I have no response to that. But sounds like a scenario I wouldn't want to be in. Um, to know that you know, the managers are just power tripping. And I, I know you brought up the word immigrant a lot. And I, I kind of picture what you mean. So for a lot of people, 
the ability to work for a large, maybe one of the nation's largest retailers or any one of the big five banks or any of the top like um, uh, firms. Telecoms or whatever, or like yeah. Telecoms, like that's their, that's their life goal. That's the high of the high, right? Yeah. Like you ask someone, what's your, what's your goal? What's your dream? And some people will answer, especially like some immigrant people, like my dream is to work for a bank. I'm like, that's not a dream. That's just a thing that you do. That's not a dream. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you stood up, I expect no less from you to stand up against, you know, something that you feel is not right, especially someone that's abusing their, their employees, like in that manner. It's something you and you and I are both known for. Like, I don't take no shit. Like you want to try and push me around, it's gonna be a fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I granted, <laughs> we haven't gotten like like the pushback before. Well, I, I got the pushback. Like ultimately, what, what was her card? Like the only thing that she could do was like let me go. She let me go. I don't, you know, fuck. It was fucking mad depressing. I just remember the times there. Just get back, and I was just like, I've never felt that way. I've never felt depression before. But working at Canadian Tire for that woman was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Yeah, man. Like when you show up to a job or you wake up every morning and you don't want to go in to work because of the people that are there, you know, you need a change in atmosphere. Like I, I had that same experience with both of those managers and, uh, you know, eventually I moved to a company and I had to get out. So I moved to a company I had never heard of. Like I never yeah. even heard of this whole industry, this whole agency industry, but I decided I had to go. My growth is not happening here. Like, even after I won that battle, let's just say I won that battle. And then now I'm still here, but you know, I'm now the black sheep of like the company because like, everyone knows I beef with this manager and yeah. her boss is still there. Her boss that brought her in is still there and I'm not getting any opportunities for promotions or anything. So they're dangling that carrot. I'm just like, all right, enough of this bullshit. I'm out. I'm going to go move to a lateral position in a company I've never heard of out all the way on the West end of the city because I just can't, I can't deal with it. I need to go. I took the first opportunity I could with the most interesting job that I could find. And I got the fuck out of there. And you know, Five years later, I'm still with the same company, surviving like all these, all these like nuclear fallout of you know us losing our clients, losing our office, leads to the situation where now I'm working from home. I've been working from home for the last two years, so that yeah, you're well today. equipped. Oh yeah, well equipped, and you're well adapted to this like life of pandemic. Yeah, to me, this is not a, it's not a life change. This is just everyday life. And it's funny to me seeing everyone like freak out and need counseling for like being alone, depression. They need like support groups. Um, now our company has like some lady playing DJ. She sends out playlists like every day for people to listen to. A lot of people need hand holding and coddling. And I'm like, where was my help two years ago? Yeah. Like, I didn't get no help. We didn't get any messages talking, encouraging us. We just, they just said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so I noticed that too with, with my current place, which was good. But granted, I think because of my younger like work workforce, they stress a lot on the whole mental health kind of biz. 
man, I wish I had that kind of card in my pocket. I should fucking slam that shit down when HR was letting me go that time. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to countersue you guys. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they pay out in Canadian tire money. <laughs> shit, I got to buy those bullshit-ass AliExpress item that gets repackaged into a Mastercraft. Uh, they'll they'll roll up with the Brinks truck in front of your house and dump all that paper, useless paper money out. Yeah, <laughs> that monopoly, that monopoly money. Yeah, but man, I think everything's been. It's uh, yeah, I guess the bad things does lead to better better ending eventually, right? Just gotta see it through. Again, like I mentioned, it was within fucking rough four four years. I don't think uh, I say it much often that it was rough. You know, making jumps to different companies every now, you know, year and a half sucks because you meet people and it's it's hard to to stay by. But you know personally, like, you know, you know yourself that there's a limit on the growth here, and or if you're doing something that you don't like doing, that's why waste your time, right? Yeah, and you know, you make friends at places that you go. It, you know, just because you see those, don't see those people every day, doesn't mean you're not going to be friends with them. Like you're, you still keep in touch with some of your previous company friends. Me, not so much anymore, but I know now um, working at this agency, um, when I first came in there, I didn't want to talk to no one. Like, I just wanted to go in, do my job. Like, I never planned to stay. <laughs> I planned to yeah. stay there maybe one year or one or yeah. two years and then bounce. Like, f- again, five years later, I'm still there and probably going to be staying for a little while longer. Knock on wood. I'm not actually going to knock on wood. But, um, yeah. You make friends there whether you want to or not. And I know some really good guys that are, I still talk to like outside of work on the regular, um, in my time there. You know, having an office was fun and it was like one of those warehouse spaces out in Liberty Village. It was all open concept. You know, we had fun there. It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we had events nights, we had games nights, we had, uh, cocktail, uh, making lessons. Uh, we went on the ride for heart. We'd go out for lunch like all the time, man. They bust out the credit cards like every now yeah. and then, man. We lived it up uh, there for quite some time. I mean, I'm not going to foreshadow towards our office closing. I mean, that was a different thing altogether. Maybe we had a little bit too much fun yeah. uh, there, but it was a good environment. We had ping pong tables. Um, it was like a, a typical young person's workplace that I had never seen before. I know. Canadian Tire brought that out at near the, the end of my time there. They brought out like that games room with like the ping pong tables and like the foosball and the PS4 or whatever, or PS3 or whatever it was at the time. Um, but yeah, thinking back to that workplace and how it was kind of like free flowing and just all quirky and stuff, it was, it was nice to have. We, we ended up moving to a smaller space out on King East, but I mean, that, that place had character. Um, it was good to be in characters outside or characters. <laughs> well, I mean, we did get robbed in like our first two weeks there. So, um, maybe we did have some characters. I still think it was an inside job, but maybe we had too many characters floating around that King and Sherburn area, uh, waiting to get in and steal our merchandise. But, you know, I miss the social element for sure. I don't miss the chit, the small talk and the chit chat. Um, but, you know, being in an office has its perks, has its benefits, which is why we eventually, when we lost our office, we started renting once a week, uh, just just so we could see someone other than like you know, for the people that have kids, see someone other than your kids, 
or like your wife or whatever. And for me, I live alone, so you can see another human being. Yeah, fuck it. That's that's true. Like, um, I never thought about it. Working from home was always like like something that I wanted to get to eventually. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like something that I would love doing for the long term, like as long as what you've been doing. Um, but yeah, I can't cry about it. Like it could be, it could be much worse. I could be waiting every two weeks to go on the CRA unemployment, you know, fill out that survey again. And then it's, it's no fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say consider yourself lucky. Um, especially for the people who are in a job where they, they can't stand that shit. They don't consider themselves quote unquote lucky. They have to go to a place they don't want to be every day, but I guess they get a paycheck. Um, I think working from home has its perks. Obviously, you know, you have the, the, the time that you don't waste having to drive or take transit in like that's some soul sucking time, especially when you deal with like Toronto transit, uh, TTC and the subway taking forever getting to work and then coming back, you're just dead by the time you get home. So I find the time that I got back from that more valuable than anything. Um, but it all depends on what kind of work conditions you have at home as well. Thinking about like the home office setup. Well, you, you know where my office is kind of like in that quote unquote den area at the top of the stairs, yeah. um, but that's my dedicated workspace. And you should have seen on the, on the week the weekend of our office closure. So the office officially closed on the Friday. Me and like two other guys rolled up on the Sunday. Like we all had our access badges. We went in and like fucking looted that office. So I ended up taking out like my chair, a monitor, uh, some, some other like um, office chairs, like those, um, you know, non wheelie chairs. Yeah. I ended up taking like one of those very desks, like the standing desk attachments, Fuck, and cool. like threw that shit in my car and fucking drove away. Other yeah. people took like filing cabinets. Like we looted that place on the last day because yeah. they were just they were just gonna give it to like the new company or whatever, or se- or even worse, send it to like um, our parent company's office. Mm-hmm. Our parent company is still still here, so we decided yeah. you know I'm gonna set myself up for working from home for indefinitely. So I made sure that my setup was good from the get go. Yeah. Mine's just at a kitchen table right now. So sitting on these like seats, my ass is like, it was, it was rough in terms of the first like week, but I think my body slowly adjusted to it. It's not a good thing. Your body shouldn't be adjusting to sitting in those hard chairs. No, well, I I changed up my routine. I go with like this 20 minute timer where I'll just get up and, you know, go do some squats, some body weight squats or do some push up, you know, maintain proper posture i think that's probably one thing that i want to get out of this in, in three months time i'm going to be walking straight as straight as fuck sit and proper my back's going to be corrected so you're not going to be like that like homo erectus or whatever like like early man where he's like all hunched over and shit yeah i'm trying to not do that man i'm trying to not even cross my arms anymore because that shit rounds out your back apparently so i didn't know that yeah, so it'll look like this weird dude always like with two hands right in front of my chest, like holding out like I'm about to go and propose or like <laughs> say my spiel. Yeah, I mean, as just make make of your space as much as you can right now. I know, you know, try to get yourself a dedicated space. I know it's hard when you have kids because when you have kids in the house, 
you're not even working. You're, you've taken care of that kid. You can't do both. Yeah, like I've called into a service provider at their helpline. They're a 24-hour helpline of dust, and I, the person picked up, and I can hear a baby crying in the back. I'm like, fuck, I feel for this this lady. Um, I don't know how she's doing it. I'm like, should I address that? You know, I hear her baby in the back. No, kept it professional. I understood the circumstances. Yeah, it's it's tough all around. Um, you know, I'm again, it's not a change for me. I live by myself, so I don't don't have anybody to take care of it myself. And I think I'm doing a better job of it now than I was before, which is the ironic part. Yeah, like I'm all re- regimented. I'm scheduling like everything I do. I'm actually after work. I'm setting aside some time, like an hour each day, to read. Yeah, I'm still not. I still haven't got a hang of the workout thing. It's going to be a work in progress. I need to figure out a way to motivate myself to do that. But yeah. I feel like I'm thriving out of this a little bit better now. And I don't know. Like again, once this ends, I'm going to go buck wild out there. Like I won't even be in this house at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like at the end of the day, like just just take advantage of it. You don't get to do, you don't get, you save, I save like probably two and a half hours of my life just doing this. And that's one thing that I hope we get out of this, or at least my company gets out of this is like, Hey, you know what? We can work from home, but we fucking dropped a shitload of money on this nice new facility out in, you know, Liberty village. <laughs> so uh, I'll still go in. But what I really want to push for is like, you know, work from home once a week. Like, come on, give us this kind of ability to kind of not have to deal with a commute, you know, that's what I want. I think there's probably going to be a good case for it. That, like, I think a lot of like upper management might be saying, you know what? Yeah, we, we did this for X number of months. We can trust that our employees are working. Our system can handle it. You know, why not? Why not? Why are we forcing people to come into work every single day? Yeah, I think this changes the global landscape as well, not just on a local level of companies relaxing their policies and working from home, but even on a global level for work, I travel all over the place. Like I'm back and forth to Chicago quite often. Um, from a client perspective, I've been to client site a few times. I've been to Mexico. I've been to London. Uh, I don't know if that's happening anymore with this whole, like, are, are people going to finally realize that we can still do this remotely and not have to fly all over the place? Like, it's not really necessary, and it will cut down a whole lot on this kind of thing happening again. Oh, you mean, like, the whole transportation and open borders? Yeah, uh, I've, I've yet to I've yet to see how that might change. Um, I'm scared about how it might change and how, you know... Dude, I just, I just fucking got my Nexus card. Like, <laughs> life was good. Life was good. I've been to Chicago twice. I've been, uh, I've been, whatever, Florida once already. I've been to New York, you know, knock on wood <laughs> that I survived <laughs> that fucking journey. But thinking about how life's going to change now, I just had a, a small window of convenience. And now, yeah. not only do I have to, well, with Nexus, I don't have to take my shoes off. I don't have to take my belt off. I can leave my, like, liquid bag in the, um, the bag. I don't have to do that. But like, now what's going to happen? We're going to get screened leaving the country and probably get screened coming back for like temperature, whatever. They're going to have to invade like more of our rights now. But I can only see it as a good thing now, you know, so we don't yeah. end up in a situation like this again. Well, this whole temperature shit doesn't really work, I, I feel. Yeah, there's got to be a way they can track it. If Google and Facebook can track where the fuck we are at all times, 
you know, they can track and not just a simple question like, hey, did you go to Wuhan or whatever it might be in this case? Did you go to New York City in the last like month? Same idea. Like that's just so like it's so lazy. The effort to do it is so lazy. But the whole idea of not having to travel as much, maybe there's not going to be as many flights. Um, the air is way better. It's, it's so nice outside. You know? Yeah, it's nice theoretically. Um, I know nature is starting to thrive now that humans are fucking taking a chill pill and staying in their house. But, I mean, again, going back to how we started this this whole episode, you could. F- I have an uneasy feeling about all this. Like, I've had nights this week where I haven't been able to sleep, and it's not because I'm worried in, like, my conscious. It's like my subconscious is adjusting to this new life and it won't let me rest a little bit. Yeah. You know, nothing that a little vape won't help. Um, but you know, it's a struggle to fall asleep because you know, you walk outside, you could feel the tension in the air, you know, you know, like the feeling when, you know, you walk into a room where two people were just arguing. Yeah. It's like that everywhere. It's like that everywhere now. Like even when you walk outside and you're walking to like the grocery store, you're walking like, you know, past the park, you pass by people. Everyone is all fucking tense. And that's the thing that I can't handle. Like even when you're having a shitty day, like I have my shitty days of like, you know, working or whatever. That's just comes with the territory of my job and the company I work for, the the industry I'm in. At least I can walk outside in past times and see someone else enjoying themselves and be like, all right, things can get better. Like things are better today. Things are bad, but you know, in another day, that might be me having a good day or whatever. Now it's like everyone is angry, intense as fuck, and there's no hope. Yeah, that and the fact you can't even go outside and enjoy yourself. Enjoy your, and enjoy too much because then you feel like every single car that's passing by, you're wondering if this motherfucker's judging you in the safety of his car as I'm outside walking with my kid and, and, and Sarah, you know? Uh yeah, it's that it's that weird tension. Like, hey, are we should we be here? Are we lingering around here for too long? You know, how much outside time is outside time? Maybe it's true. The new world order is just training us to be fucking, you know, trapped indoors at all times. Yeah, and it's training us to be suspicious of each other too. When I'm walking past someone, I'm like now eyeballing. Is that is that two meters? Are you two meters away from me? Like yeah. if some if someone makes like a wide like walking past each other, and that person goes wide, like hey, why would you go wide? Like you think I got coronavirus or something? Like why would you go so wide? That's longer than two two meters. Yeah. Like, it's all about that whole attention thing. But at least at least I know. You know, in my experience, these people are taking it seriously. I'm not getting personally offended by anything. Why? Well, why would you have to be personally offended? You're I'm not. It's, it's a joke. It's a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I think you know. You, funny you bring that that point up. Um, I guess I haven't seen too much of like that whole racist thing happening. So, but would I? Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. It's just too much for me right now. Yeah, yeah. Just tell in. We can always save that because God knows we need plenty of content and subject to discuss in the next how many months. Yeah, I'm sure we could figure it out. I mean, this one kind of 
eluded us for a long time, but I'm glad we, we got to it. But, you know, we still have a little bit more. I wanted to actually bring up, like, the whole workplace thing. You know, when we go back, eventually when things go back to normal, I mean, you're going to go back to an office. I'm not. So um, the whole thing about offices is... Like, you got the whole open concept um, situation. You know, I know that there's a situation I think you wanted to bring up about people bringing their pets into work. Oh, yeah. Fuck, my new place has pets. Like, dogs. I think it might be a Liberty Village kind of shit, but, like, the whole whole thing is essentially, I think, it started off with the whole RCOO. He brought in his dogs, his two dogs, you know, and then people start talking, hey, you know what? We have the space. Why don't we start bringing it all in? Like everyone brings in a dog. So my director, obviously being the only rational person in the company, said, hold your horses. Are we covered by our insurance company to have pets in our workspace? So apparently we can only have like four dogs at any given time within our space. So people have to sign up. But the whole thing is, it's all fucked up because like, HR is the one that implements it, but they're also the only department outside of like the COO that are bringing in their dogs. And these people are just bringing in their dogs like every single day. Like, holy fuck, how, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, maybe the dog, have you watched Pets Life? They have fucking blast when you guys are out of the house. Why the fuck would they want to just sit beside you and lie there all day, right? They're all so fucking depressed. And... They go crazy, end up chewing up cables. So we friggin' had monitors get pulled down because these dogs are friggin' wild. They're untrained. And I was just like, what the fuck's going on? And the next level is they're thinking about letting cats come in too. And then my CEO is like, you know what? We can build, we can use one of these like extra space there that was supposed to be an office, like a meeting room, but we can convert it so it can become like a cat, cat playroom. So then your cats can chill there. Man, one fucking HR lady brought in her guinea pig. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? A guinea pig? <laughs> Dude, that is a whole animal farm going on in that office. Like, I, HR is creating a policy that's kind of, like, self-serving. It's like the U.S. president, like, saying everyone flying in from other countries has to stay in a Trump hotel which actually, you know, people were staying in the Trump hotels. It wasn't like a thing that got made up, but creating that rule just so they can benefit off it is like classic HR. Yeah, man. I I know dogs when they stay at home, like I have a a neighbor that has a dog and that dog is whining all day and howling and barking. So I don't know if they're having a great time. You know, Pets Life was a cartoon. So (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't think the dogs are are having a great time. Cats maybe because cats... You know, fucking hate people. They're they don't they want to have their space, but you know, people will bring their dogs into work. I don't know. People might be allergic to those dogs. Like they don't give a fuck. You and you create a room for cats to play in. Those cats are gonna fucking fight each other in that room. Like, yeah, it's not even. I don't think that stuff is well thought out. But you know, they're trying to create a workspace that coddles like young people. I guess I'm gonna bring in my kid. Dress them in like dog ears and like have them just run around. <laughs> His boy was born in the year of the dog, so counts as like I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be. You know what? I don't even want to float the idea out there because they're going to come here and just like pet him and and all that shit. And I don't need that in my life. You don't know who has the the Rona, right? It's petting yeah. your kid. I'm fine with dogs and like I don't know. The one that kind of tripped the fuck out was just like a guinea pig. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's just. It's just the kind of people these days, like all entitled and shit, and people trying to bring 
Like when you said hold your horses, when when the CEO said hold their horses, I thought he literally meant hold your horses at home. Do not bring your horse in, in here because I knew <laughs> that was the next step. But people trying to bring all sorts of animals on planes and stuff, it's just getting a little bit much. But that's the way society rolling these days. These whole like offices catered towards like millennials. Millennials need to have all the comforts at home plus all the comforts of your their play place in one space. Yeah, in fact, are we getting old in terms of a sense? Like, I guess so. We're going mid thirties, and when I see these new, like, um, you know, people we hire, it's just like, dude, how is everything like spoon fed to you guys? Is it like? Do your expense report properly. Don't fucking overspend. Like, be smart about it. I feel like a lot of them end up just coming in and, you know, they enjoy the good life, like how your office used to be before it got shut down with all these events and, like, party and free lunches. Um, man, there's got to be a point in time, like, some of these kids need to understand, like, hey, money's not endless, right? We're, you know, just because we're making, you know, now is a good time. We should, we should probably stockpile up to save up for, like, the bad times, which is right now. and you know, hopefully cross our finger, nothing happens. Yeah, I think the whole, I mean, this whole mentality comes up from such a young age where, you know, young people need to, I feel the need to be entertained at like every single level. Like the whole Sesame Street, Barney, like um, um, basically entertainment, where you're you're supposed to be entertained at every single level, and it's worked its way somehow into the workforce. And I can think of no better, like, story or, or, like, metaphor than when we we had Take Your Kids to Work Day. Apparently, um, one of my bosses brought her kid to work, and I think on that day, we were having, like, um, what was it? Um, I think we had a board game... um, board game day at the end of the day or whatever. Yeah. And I think um, my boss's kid ended up thinking that's all we do at work is sit yeah, there that's not and, in real life. I was thinking there and too. play games like, like all day and every day. Like, even though she only brought her kid in for like that portion where we, you know, had, you know, two hours in the afternoon, where we started games, games night. She thought that we did that like all the time, every day. She thought her mother did that every Anyways, day for work. I think it was a good spot. Like, like, um, yeah, yeah, I know some of the listeners might not know we realistic Instagram account. Uh, give us some feedback, man. We want to hear back and see what you guys want to listen to for the next three months. Yeah, and, six months. And now I need to co- go and collect some followers. I need to go and like stalk some of our friends just to get them added onto the account so they can actually leave that feedback. Although it's a public account. So, yeah, they can leave a feedback. Yeah, I'll do that. On there. We have a few loyal people leaving that feedback. So we'll, work, we'll, we'll work on adding that, that audio clip again. Choose a clip that has us both in it. No, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that spot, though. That's, that's why. Yeah. It's a I good mean, sample, man. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a decent sample. It actually, you know, our numbers look pretty good this past week. So, I mean, you know, we must be doing something right. Or people are bored out of their fucking mind. Yeah, you did a good job on those, like the playlist. Now we're going to just stroke each other off about what we're doing behind the scene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, if no one else leaves the feedback, we'll leave the feedback for each other. Yeah. All right. It was nice talking, man. All right. Have a good week. All right. Be well. Bye. How do you stop this?